Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburrow and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Today we are talking about fear. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I almost wanted to introduce it with we're talking about fear. <laughs> like some ham homer horror thing. Um, but I wasn't sad enough to do it, but I was sad enough to let you know the idea was in my head. So I got, I got Shelby and Dave with me. Hello. And yeah, we, we're talking about this and um, there is so much we could talk about. So we'll see what comes out of this conversation. But this is a sort of two-parter. We're going to be talking with Heather, who's been on the podcast before, if you've listened a lot. Um, and she's a therapist, so we'll have a really, really practical conversation with her. Um, it's really interesting, actually. I found out she's doing her doctoral work on this theme. So it's like, oh, wow, definitely the right person to ask to, yeah. to join us, have a conversation. And so we're going to try to focus on, like, let's allow the scriptures to sort of speak in, maybe, like, have a framework for how to think about it. And I'm sure we'll still get practical, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, that's what that's what we're doing today, and we're doing it because um, it probably is apparent to you um, that there's a lot of fear around at the moment, and it might be yeah. in you, or it might be like listening and watching other people. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, as we've been coming back to church, like chatting to people, watching people tell their story at the moment, you know, it's just. Mm-hmm. It is kind of interesting. There are like objects of fear at the moment, things that people are pointing at and being like, I'm afraid of the virus or I'm mm-hmm. afraid of the economy crashing or I'm afraid of the vaccine or I'm a, like, but there's something about the season we're going through where people who I wouldn't normally characterize as people who really have to wrestle with fear, like it's a prominent emotion or emotional state or, you know, train of thought for them. Something about the season we've been going through, I'm noticing lots more people are having to battle it. Like Mm -hmm. it's coming more in the foreground because we've lived through a sort of threatened, different, challenging season. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, this is a really good time for us to have a chat about it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, how's it been for you guys? Have you noticed fear being a bit more in the foreground? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I mean, I personally have struggled with it also having a daughter who's immunosuppressed and, uh, you know, uh, just wanting to be careful but not paranoid about things, you know. So um, I'm constantly looking at Scripture and knowing that's where my peace comes from, you know. Otherwise, I'd be more fearful. Yeah. You know, so. And that those are interesting words, right? Can careful fit on the spectrum of fear or like yeah okay that seems to work can paranoid yeah you're (laughs) like okay so like how do you tell the difference like what's the safe zone of yeah yeah so that's one of the things we wanted to talk about like Mm -hmm. we were having a little chat and shelby you were like nodding away of like fear isn't like a dirty word no yeah but there's a type of fear or like it's just complicated there's kind of there's 
bits of fear or why maybe even ways we interact with fear that can be unhealthy it's yeah it's more complicated than just like mm-hmm. if someone walks up to you and they're like man i'm really afraid and just <laughs> yeah. be like oh i'm gonna cast that out of you in jesus yeah. name yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah and it's really interesting like you think about um when a baby's being born like we were all we all had that moment right and a sign of health in that baby, the first emotion that they process if they're healthy is fear. It's a slap on the back and then a cry. And it's like they're outside of what they've been used to for nine months or whatever. And so I think it's even interesting to think about that. Like for most people, it's it's the first emotion that maybe you experience in life. And so if that is true and 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 I think there's lots of implications for that of like, it's not necessarily bad, but we do have a responsibility to respond to it. Yeah. And there's degrees of health in that. Like, are we going to be people who stuff it, ignore it, avoid it, or do the scriptures actually maybe lay out a biblical way of responding to fear so that it can serve us? Cause I think at the end of the day, like, Man, if I'm if a bear walks in the room, I hope that fear kicks in and I have a response. <laughs> Obviously, I don't want to live every moment of the day right that, and I think that's where we can move into, yeah, some unhealth. So yeah, it's not yeah. that fear's bad, but it's all about how we respond to it. I think. Yeah, but it's also um, it's really potent, mm-hmm. and it's it's an interesting one because um, how we feel when fear is gripping us or interacting with us or we're thinking about fears mm-hmm. it's sort of a blend of like well there's a mental state there's a train of thought but it can be also and that can be a sort of it can eclipse other things right. like a very gripping mm-hmm. thought process but also emotionally very potent but it can almost be like um you know like someone with autism who feels like they they're gonna like kind of almost like shut down because they're overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and so it's it's an interesting blend of just um and and that's like if a bear walks in the room is awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah it it's just interesting uh it has that power to either immobilize us Mm Or get us to like smash the window and jump out because a bear walked in. Like right, it, right, it, right. it can, it can get us to do yeah. big changes, um, and so it can have a powerful influence. On yeah, us. I think it's important to recognize in the conversation that essentially what we're all saying is fear is complex. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's, it's not like even in wanting to have a conversation about it, we're going to unlock. We're going to give you the key to unlock like all the ways to deal with every kind of fear. It's complex. Yeah. It's big. You're not. I, yeah, no, no, that's why I invited you on the show. But I thought you were going to sort us out. <laughs> yeah, sort all yeah. the layers. Yeah. <laughs> There's but, layers, but yeah. that, and that's where I was going to add another bit of complexity. Is it can yeah. be this really potent thing, but it all can also be this sort of insidious drip, drip, drip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think often we label some of that stuff like anxiety, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's really similar. It's just interesting. We can have like slow burn things that we know we don't have a great relationship with. And so it's like a, an anchor in something that kind of weighs us down. Mm-hmm. And then we can have moments that trigger it and pull it in the foreground. But it was, it was there in the background already. So mm-hmm. it is an interesting one. Um, because, you know, sometimes fear can be in the foreground because the bears come in the room. 
but sometimes it can be in the background because you watched a movie last year and you wonder whether there's any bears around in the woods, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Like there's these just different kinds of fear like that. There's the, the fear of like, wow, that's scary. And the fear of the what if. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting. You know, we read through scripture. We think about like how we as humans, like how fear is woven into the human story as, as that gets, as that emerges in Genesis um you know fear and our relation in our relationship with god is a huge theme mm-hmm. fear in our relationship with the world big theme um it it is kind of it there are some differences there actually of like the kind of relationship with fear we have with yeah. god is actually a bit different than what we have with the world or mm-hmm. what we have with satan and yeah you know one of like paul says don't be ignorant of his tactics i think interacting with fear is like a really potent space Mm. where sometimes i see a lot of spiritual warfare happening as well yeah yeah Mm. i think that's really helpful to yeah to first acknowledge like fear is complex and then we have a different relationship with with fear depending on different settings and spaces right like i think that for me at least it helps me organize it in my mind a little bit of like okay yeah fear of god's gonna look different than um yeah different things that i might encounter in my daily life or whatever you know yeah. i think it's helpful to know that like relationship with fear is going to look different depending on what we're talking yeah. about mm-hmm. and i guess what we want today in a way is to try to like ring out our bible yeah and have the juice come out that like helps us tell the difference between when fear is helping us mm-hmm. and when fear is hurting us mm-hmm. and like and and how to respond yeah. to those two right because mm-hmm. i th- i think a genesis like that uh, that's because everyone who listens to the podcast knows richard loves to sign genesis <laughs> which is not a bad thing um but you know adam and eve they sin mm-hmm. and then they're hiding and god's like dude what are you doing <laughs> yeah. like you can't hide from me so adam's doing like a profoundly dumb thing like really just acting inappropriately like he's not thinking clearly um, and he says, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid, so I hid. Hmm. Um, so it's, that's like seven shades of nonsense from Adam. <laughs> but it's just really interesting that everything God's done in Genesis is like, I care for you, let's do this together, you know, and then we have the the next together moment after sin and Adam's like, I'm afraid, I don't know if you're, like, I think you're going to, even though everything you said is that you're for me and you want to prosper me, I suddenly think you're going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, the f- it's like a fear bomb goes off. Mm. It's, it's kind of shocking to me to think about how, yeah, how fear works mm-hmm. in that situation. But then as you read through Genesis, you've got um, like... God actually tells his people like, hey, the animal kingdom's going to be afraid of you because mm-hmm. I've put you in dominion over it. Mm-hmm. So, so there's like, you know, there's a, a relationship of fear there. Mm-hmm. And um, and Abraham then is like called out to be this unique, special human who God's going to be like, we're going to do a thing together to reach the rest of humankind. So you're going to be different. And he said, and in the midst of like going against the tide of the world, you can tell Adam's, not Adam, 
Abraham's afraid because mm-hmm. God reiterates to him over and over, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be afraid because I'm with you. Because yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. be your shield. And like you think of Joshua and like, yeah. it, I mean, it's a theme yeah. all the way through the scriptures, all the way to Jesus saying to his disciples, like, don't need to be afraid because I'm with you. And so, and that's actually an interesting theme in when it comes to fear language, the amount of times the Bible says, don't yeah. be afraid because I'm with you. That's yes. a, we'll, we'll probably get to that. Yeah. Um, we but talk- yeah but just an interesting twist. Like Adam is like, ah, I'm afraid. I got to hide from God. Mm-hmm. And then God does so much work with so many people to be like, because of who I am to you, you actually don't need to be afraid. Yeah. But then the twist on it is, you don't need to be afraid of the world because you fear me because mm-hmm. then i like talk about abraham's story you know god's like dude you can kill it we can do this thing together don't need to be afraid i'm with you Woo! <laughs> and then he's like testing him and developing him and helping adam understand this this relationship like who he is in god and part of that is like what are you going to do about isaac and abraham's like i'll follow through with whatever you want i'll offer my son and god says to him you know, now I know that you fear me mm-hmm. because you haven't withheld anything. You love me and you obey me. And so it's like, oh, well, hang on, what's going on here? Because like I saw fear destroy and now like fear is causing Abraham to do something like super risky. Mm-hmm. But God's like, this is this is good, Abraham. Mm-hmm. Like the, the kind of fear you have now. So there's like a that, that invites a bit of a spot of difference. Like, all right, then. Why was one bad? Why is one good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what would you? What'd you think? If, I mean, if you look at my Bible, I highlight all the "do not be afraid." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what do they say? There's 365, uh, you know, different spots in the Bible where it says that. You know, yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence. We, you know, you talked about how God had to remind people throughout the Bible, "Do not be afraid." Mm-hmm. You know that He was for them. And I have to remember that. And I know there's a lot of layers to fear, but I, for me, I, I tend to look at it in terms of, uh, maybe it's just the way I think, you know, of does it, does it cause me to act or does it immobilize me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so when it causes, you know, when it causes me to be immobile, I have to really look at that long and hard and, and look at scripture and, and see where people were told, do not be afraid. And they acted. Mm. And stuff. Right. So, yeah, um, that's a that's a good reminder for mm-hmm. me. Anyway. Yeah. I, even hearing you say that reminds me of like the disciples in the boat in the storm. Yeah. And Jesus is like, guys, where's your faith? Why are you why are you still afraid? So they were immobilized by their fear when they should have maybe be mobilized by their faith. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, Peter, little like scenes in a boat. Mm-hmm. He's walking out on the water. So yeah. he's, he's mobilized by his faith, but then he stops and starts to sink. And yeah. he says, I, I'm afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so there is something about that. You stop moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about, gosh, that, that pivotal moment in Abraham's life where God says, sacrifice your son. And he goes to do it. And I can't help but think of the word fear and also think of the word confidence of like when it's in relationship to God and you're full of the fear of the Lord, it almost brings about this, um, this deep confidence that God is who he says he is. And you see that in Abraham and there's that line where he says like he had this 
this faith that like, even if his son died, he knew that God had resurrection power. Like, I think that, that that's really helpful for me. Kind of like what you're saying, Dave is like, does this immobilize me or does it actually move me to a place where I'm actually acting in a confidence that's beyond my own strength and gifting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when you think about that word confidence in the Latin, it's con with fide faith. Like, I think when we're placing our fear and it's like fear of the Lord, it actually results in living a life of great faith, like leaning into a confidence that goes way beyond uh, a confidence that I can muster up or that's attached to like my own skill set per se, or just my own innate, like feeling really great about myself. (laughs) Or stepping into a hard scenario. Yeah. Like we were saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just knowing that God's there leading Mm -hmm. the way in the midst of it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when I think about applying that sort of principle, because I think then back to Adam, I'm like, was he immobilized? Well, he might have told himself like, oh, no, I'm like, I'm doing something. I'm going to go hide over here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm active. But then God's like, no, dude, the action you're supposed to be doing is like coming here and coming talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's like, it's actually really hard to think about how am I interacting with fear right now? Is it moving me in the right way? Mm-hmm. Like another example is Mary and Joseph after Jesus is born. Uh, Joseph has a vision and he was afraid to go back home. So they went to Egypt. So fear mobilized him, but yeah. in a way that his faith got to do the thing it was supposed to do. So it's like, it's really hard to actually answer the question, is fear immobilizing me right now? Um, unless you can answer the question like, what would my faith be doing if it was active right now? Hmm. So it's almost like actually those two together then really help you answer the question. Otherwise, it might be really hard um, because, I mean, this is one of the things about fear is, you know, shut down, jump out the window because you think it's a bear, hide in your tent because you're afraid there could be a bear. Like, you know, all the different shades of reaction we have um, it's just interesting to me sometimes that doing something can help us feel like we're doing something good if it helps bring our fear down. But like sometimes what you do is like hide under the duvet, put your fingers in your ears and shout la 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 la. <laughs> and it's like there's no way that's the right thing or a helpful thing to do, but it can help you feel better. Um, so it, it's just just having this little bit of chat about faith actually is another thing that mobilizes us it's interesting because then the two together and i feel like oh i could if i was adam and i really thought about those two questions i'd have a chance of them like realizing something Mm -hmm. but if i just had the one you know then fear is just too messy for me to unravel Mm -hmm. but then when when i've got the faith thing Oh, now I've got like an anchor hold to man, look at my fear and be like, okay, is it pushing me in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to give lo- the wrong perceptive too. Like you have to constantly, you're either immobile or you're acting. And, and maybe in the midst of those acting moments, you need to stop and listen as well. You know? yeah. And so, and it might appear that, that you're being immobile, but yeah. really you're being active yeah. in listening to God. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I'll give you like a silly example of this. And I see this in my teenagers, but I know like me and Anna had it when we were young, you know, because we, we got married practically as teenagers. But we would have these moments of like, should we buy that? It's yeah. a really good deal. And it's like, well, I'm afraid if we don't get it, like it'll be gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know like we've all felt that feeling right mm -hmm. and you're like actually the right thing to do here is to be patient i like let's pray about it you know but i mean it's kind of a silly example but <laughs> yeah. i still feel that at costco fear it could be gone <laughs> fear fear can pressure you to act when you should wait yeah. definitely that's a huge yeah. one i love that yeah. mm -hmm. so i mean if you're processing these questions then like you know what what bits of scripture what principles in scripture if you are having a moment where you're like feeling really anxious about something or something painful or threatening is like making you feel afraid you know like because it, it is there is like a i'll say risk but i'm doing air quotes which is great for the radio <laughs> but like there's a risk of just doing something to make yourself feel better sure um so it's like okay i'd i'd love to have like a handhold that i can go to in those moments where like i can get some like a truth anchor yeah like a stake in the ground kind of thing mm -hmm. like what what's some stuff that's helped you guys in those sorts of moments where you're like i feel disoriented like yeah i gotta grab hold of something mm-hmm i think yeah, Psalm 3 has been a helpful, almost framework for me. Um, you see David in this psalm, like, experiencing fear that's multifaceted. And I think it's a template for how to, like, pray through our fear. And I think it's important to recognize that I do think, I think the scriptures invite us to pray through our fear, not pray away our fear. And maybe that sounds a bit simplistic and I'm sure it is in some sense. But I think what I'm getting after is like, I think sometimes we just want the thing to go away when yeah, in definitely. reality, the Lord is saying, no, I'm actually, this is an invitation for me to take you deeper. So don't just turn away from it, but like lean into it and I've got goodness in store for you. Yeah. So I think there's a difference between just like praying as a way to like, make the feel the fear feel smaller to like minimize it and like move on yeah. versus like I'm going to show up to this and I'm actually going to pray through it. Yeah. Um, so That's such a good shout. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's good. So in maybe just really briefly in Psalm three and why I think this means so much to me is because I, it's connected to my life very personally, but verse one, David starts out, he says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. And so just within the first two verses, there's two different types of fear that are going on. One is like a physical threat. Like there are people coming after him. So that's like the bear in the that's room. That's like the bear in the room. Yeah. It's like there's some intense fear that's coming up because there's an actual threat on his life. But then in verse two, it alludes to this. It says, many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. So there's this propaganda happening, this propaganda that's pointing to this message that's circulating that essentially God's favor on David is gone. Like people are starting to say this about him, which is cutting at his sense of self, his yeah. sense of identity. So that's some fears that are like in the what if. Yeah. Or it could or, may, or like yeah. fears that inhabit not actuality, but possibility. Yeah. But, but then even the step deeper, it's like it's connected to your sense of self. Mm. And when that's under attack, that's a kind of fear that in, in my personal experience has been the most painful and the hardest to wade through and pray through um, because it affects everything. It, it affects how I show up professionally. It, it affects how I show up relationally. Like it's, you can't escape that kind of fear because again, it's direct, it's directed at your sense of self, like who you are. 
And that is, is really tricky. And I think Psalm 3, David, you see his response. In verse 3, he says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. So he starts to use these images that have been really helpful for me. You're a shield around me. You're my glory, the one who lifts my head. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. And we don't have time to go and like get into the weeds of all that, but I encourage you to do so because just in those couple images, I think there's so much um, for us to take comfort in. But specifically when David says, but you Lord are my glory. It's like, what is that about? I think that there's lots of, lots of good stuff in there, but that word glory is translated kavod and kavod has to do with your sense of self, with your identity. And in saying that David allows his fear to move him to pray, which then brings him to a space where he's able to say, oh man, in a sense, I've connected my identity, my sense of self to my identity as king. And you can kind of imagine that he's asking him these que- this question of like, who am I if I'm not this? How many of us have had that experience where uh, you lose your job? I think that's a common experience for a lot of people. And maybe you're listening to this and you found yourself in the space of asking questions of like, who am I if I'm not in this role, if I'm not in this position? And I love that David can empathize with us in this space and that in praying through his fear, it leads him to this space where he says, you got are my glory, which in a sense is saying, I'm connecting my identity to you again. And therefore, if you are with me, then I, then I can be confident. I can continue to move ahead. And then there's like, you know, it's a short Psalm. So go read the whole thing through. But towards the end, he just has this, this confidence. Verse seven, arise, Lord, deliver me, my God, strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. Again, he's looking for protection in the Lord. And then verse eight, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Like David in praying through his fear, he gets pretty clear on like, okay, my identity maybe hasn't been rooted in you. I'm going to re-up that. And I know that at the end of the day, deliverance comes from you. Yeah. And that, I mean, from the Lord, like Mm -hmm. that's so key. Like, don't be afraid. I am with you. There's this like, if you start looking at your life as like sans God, Mm -hmm. then yeah, hide on the duvet, stick your fingers in your ears and yell for all you're worth. Like that probably is an appropriate reaction. Mm -hmm. Like. I mean, doing lots of like evangelism and apologetic stuff with students as like atheists and agnostics I've often chatted to and there is like a a terror in a sort of God uninhabited cosmos. Right. And so, you know, it is interesting how often like God's so prominent to so many people and yet has to remind them yeah i'm with you because you can have a god inhabited cosmos but think that i'm the one person god's gonna forget about Mm -hmm. or not want to deal with today or like Mm -hmm. so and that's where i think sometimes the spiritual warfare enters in Mm -hmm. of like it's not that satan has this power to just be like haha i'm gonna wave my magic wand and make dave afraid but just like the use of lies and untruths about who you are in God's eyes, who you are to God, what makes you valuable to God, like that stuff is what he'll needle away at. Oh, yeah. Um, to, to sort of undercut the reasons you have for having a confidence that God's with me. Yep. And it's interesting because today I see a lot of people, their confidence for why God's with them is grounded in their experience mm-hmm. of sort of God encounter. 
and that's a good like encounter like being sure. with that's a good thing mm-hmm. yeah. but then you look through scripture and there's so many people who had long seasons of like you know that sort of wilderness time and it wasn't divine abandonment it was development mm-hmm. um so it yeah it's just a huge other comp i mean that's a whole nother set of podcasts yeah. right those, yeah. those issues but you're nodding away at that one day well the wil- <laughs> i think the wilderness times are rich times you don't always think that when you're in the moment though oh, you know never. And yeah. <laughs> you never think that when you're in the moment and stuff and Everyone so tells you and you don't believe yeah, it. yeah yeah but it is development time i'm i mean i look back on life and i'm older so i'm looking back on life more and i just see those things that my wife and i have gone through and it's really you know enriched our relationship it's uh with each other and with god you know i think it's grown it it's grown our faith um you know, I, I, Psalm 91 is one that's big for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned it when I was a 24-year-old guy going to the Philippines to play basketball with an outreach team there. And um, we had to memorize it. And I remember thinking, uh, you know, will I ever use this again? I go back to it constantly, uh, almost weekly, you know. And it talks about where you dwell. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High mm-hmm. will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I, I, I mean, I've used that at times when my own daughter with medical appointments, which are numerous, you know, yeah, and sitting in hospitals, uh, even my own self, a few years ago having an issue that I didn't know how it was going to play out, a thyroid issue. Was it thyroid cancer? Was it something else? Turned out to be something else that was easily taken care of. But I remember sitting on uh, a table and, and getting a scan of my neck and my wife went with me to the appointment, and she sat there. And and when we were done, she she said, "What were you thinking about when you were sitting there?" I said, "I was thinking of Psalm 91 and mm-hmm. reciting the first two verses over and over and over again." And I I had peace in that moment because I was dwelling mm-hmm. with God, you know. And so I'm I'm constantly thinking of where am I dwelling and how am I positioned. And I mentioned uh, to you before Exodus uh, 33 seven. Uh, verses 7 and 11, it talks about um, the Israelites coming back to God after worshiping the golden calf. And um, they're setting up camp, and they set up the tent of meeting, and they set up the rest of the camp. And it talks about how they set up their tents in such a way that when Moses went into the tent of meeting, everyone could go to their the opening of their tent and worship. And um, for me, I, I, I'm always looking, I always say, I'm, you know, have I pitched my tent in the right spot? You know, do I need to pull up the, the, the pegs again and reposition my tent so that the opening of my tent is looking towards God? Because I can be pitched in a way that's close to God, but maybe I'm not looking at yeah. God. So hmm. I'm, I'm constantly looking at that. And that's like Abraham and that story again, like Abraham's where God keeps directing him to be. Yeah. Like the angel of the Lord shows up, angels show up. There's like this tangible sense of like, I'm in the right spot. And Lot's like in the cities of the plain, all hell's breaking loose. He's afraid of whether to stay, whether to go, what to do. Like he's completely disoriented. Um, And yeah, locations are really powerful. Well, actuality, but also we maybe think of it as or interact with it as like then a metaphor for like the things you're yeah. talking about. Even even Genesis 13 verses 12 and 13, it talks about um, Lot's tent, Yeah, you know, where he pitched his tent and his tent was pitched towards Sodom, you know? I'm like, 
that's not a good place to pitch your tent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're probably not looking at the right things pitching it there. Yeah, and there is like, I mean, there's a bit of a storyline there of like choosing where you put your trust. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what is the thing? Because fear comes from threats, and then it's like, okay, what's the thing that mitigates the threat? Mm. Now, earlier in like Genesis nine, I think. Lot gets captured by one of the cities, Gomorrah, and Abraham rescues him. And Gomorrah had just fought the city of Sodom. And so Sodom was like, hey, cool, thank you so much. Like, we're pals because you defeated our enemy. And that's why Lot goes to Sodom. Because circumstantially, it looked like they were friends. But he didn't, like, there was a lack of discernment in, like, how to properly assess whether this was a a good resource and that's an interesting thing then thinking about like faith as something that can mitigate the mm-hmm. threat right mm-hmm. yeah because um, it doesn't mean that because faith isn't just inaction it's not just like oh i trust god so i don't have to do anything think anything ask anything connect with anyone about anything and it'll go away but it's just like run through the lens of like is this faith in god is like is this a way for me to express trust in god or is it a way for me to avoid having to trust God? Probably out of some deeper fear that mm-hmm. God doesn't really want to help me right now. Because mm-hmm. that's like that really dangerous fear, which is why God speaks against it so, so often in Scripture. It's just interesting how that, you know, can get to a dangerous place yeah. when some of these, yeah. yeah, like really important things get, you know, get lost. I, li- I like it when you were saying about peace as well. I kind of think of like, you know, in Eden, there was like this safe space where there was chaos and a fight to be had outside the garden, mm-hmm. which, yeah, threats. So there's probably some fear. Mm-hmm. But like, if God's by your side, you're like, ah, oh, let's do it. Come <laughs> on. But the garden was a safe space and a place of peace. Yeah. And I, I'm just thinking of the verse in, is it First John? Um, 418. 418. I just, yep. Perfect love Amazing. drives out fear. Yeah. And well, just the role of, like, if we maybe pray and peel back the onion and, like, yeah, I've got some fear that mm. I can't trust God because I, I have some doubts about who he says I am and the enemy's been lying to me about this stuff and just asking God about his love. Mm-hmm. Because as we realize and you learn about and begin to learn to trust that we're loved. Yeah, that mm-hmm. will punch fear in the face. Yeah. That's the richer translation of that verse. I love that. Yeah, yeah. we're totally <laughs> thinking on the same page because that's coming up for me too. And just to reiterate something you said that I think is simple but important is that fear comes from threat, right? And so I think a, a helpful handhold is like if you start to feel the feelings of fear I think maybe that's different for each of us but I can feel in my body when like I'm feeling afraid like a helpful question to start to confront it is like in what way do I feel threatened is it a, a, my sense of self that feels threatened am I like what is that coming from like to try and get to the root source of it and then like you're saying if if that scripture is true which i believe it is that there's no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear that means that god is always and continuously inviting me to bring my fear to him and that there's going to be something that takes place because he is love and 
time and time again as we bring our fear to him in an honest way, in an open way, I think it starts to uh, lose its power over our lives. Yes. Which is significant. And, and so much of that, like the, I mean, you can pray, you can, and like being in a community of faith and having people speak into your life, things mm-hmm. like that. But I think like potently about Jesus talking to his disciples about their value mm-hmm. and saying, I mean, he talks about, he's talking about God providing and caring for them yeah. and says, don't be afraid. You're worth so much more than a sparrow. Mm-hmm. Look how much, look how God takes care of them. Yeah. Uh, but he just, that's a moment where he's not talking about God's distinctive actions or character or like that's all in the background. He just says, you're valuable to God, mm-hmm. you know, and just, but it's, uh, like, like you're talking about these memory verses, Dave, like that's some of the anchor points is this practices. Like I'm going to pray about that or like ask someone to pray with me or, but some of these handholds are actually about what are the truths yeah. that I need to, when I'm processing, they, they're like guardrails to, you know, yep. direct my train of thought. If mm-hmm. you like. You've shared a couple of thoughts that just kind of st- stuck with me you know because when i pray with people i pray for god's presence first and then i pray for god's peace Mm -hmm. you know and and each of the things that we're sharing we're talking about you know like in the garden you had god's presence and with god's presence was god's peace you know and when they took their eyes off of god there was no peace yeah you know and so you see that with abraham you see it with the israelites you see it you see it with the apostles, you know, being in Jesus' presence and there was peace, you know, and when he was gone, there was anxiety, but when they <laughs> looked back to him, there was peace. Again, yeah. You know, and so I just continually reminded that peace follows God's presence. It isn't peace and then God's presence, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's like again, it's helping to discern that bad type of fear. Yeah. Like when you're talking about Jesus and gardens, my mind actually went to the other bit, which is like after the resurrection, when the women come to the tomb, yeah. the angel talks to them and they run away to go tell the gospel, basically, you know, like do this awesome thing, like witnesses to the resurrection, but they're afraid. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. it says they're afraid, but they carried on doing it. Like they were afraid, but they also had joy. Yeah. I think it says you know, in Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah. just, Yeah another interesting Complex. twist blend on it yeah <laughs> i mean it's another interesting part of this is like in our culture um it's i don't know like christians can sometimes be good at promoting the idea that what it means to be healthy is to be like the superhuman christian who has no problems yeah mm. and so if i've got fear like there must be something wrong with me yeah. And so sometimes then we suppress talking about it with others mm-hmm. or even with ourselves. And so I wanted to give a shout out to like a really good fear moment is Jesus is in the garden mm-hmm. and he's Jesus and he's killing it and he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing and he's awesome and perfect and he's afraid. Yes. Yeah. And he has to wrestle and mm-hmm. lament and process his pain and a moment of faith, like what you want, God, I'll do what you want, mm. is what helps him push through like the fear he still carries that fear all the way to the cross yeah but that's what enables him to carry the fear 
in action. Yeah, I think what you're saying is massively important. I even know for me when I think back in a specific part of my story of being diagnosed with muscular dystrophy and, you know, as a 16-year-old trying to figure out how to process that and a big narrative that I adopted subconsciously, I think, because of the spiritual atmosphere I grew up in was like, yeah, to to be honest about my sadness or my fear meant that I was lacking a kind of faith. And it took me some years and some really good people in my life to help me see that, no, those things can actually coexist. And to try and numb one, like numbs it all in a sense of like, I can't actually take strides in my faith unless I'm going to be honest about my fear. And it doesn't mean that I don't have faith or whatever. So I just think what you're saying, like, is super important and incredibly encouraging. Like if Jesus can process a moment of fear and he's the son of God, like we need to feel okay about letting people into that experience that we're having around fear. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. I think just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You yeah. know, I've had people tell me with, um, Rachel who has down syndrome and health issues that, uh, you know, our normals are different than other people's, you know, we've, we've dealt with stuff, the stuff we're dealing with now we've dealt with for 28 years, really, mm-hmm. you know, and people have told Vicki and I, you know, you guys don't grieve. And I'm like, eh, actually we do grieve, you know, and we are fearful at times and, and, uh, you just don't see it sometimes, but it's a wrestling match. And, uh, you know, my crying place, my shower is my best crying place, you know, <laughs> is what I tell people, you know, or when I put my head down on my pillow at night at times and stuff. And I think you also, though, um, you learn to move forward, you yeah. know, you step into these things that are fearful or grief or hard. And, um, you learn over time that, um, you, you learn incredible lessons in the midst of those things, as hard as they are, and you move forward in a far better way, and your faith grows in that, and like I said before, it just enriches your relationship with God and the people around you, and uh, I think I've just learned to, you know, grieve things or be fearful of things or be anxious about things in the moment, you know, and give it to God and then move forward yeah. again. I mean, that reminds me, I w- we hinted at it in a podcast uh, just a few podcasts ago, and I actually, I'd like to do some more podcasts on this like theme of lament. Mm-hmm. But we do, we do have this tendency of thinking, like, the way I'll get hope is just, like, making the pain, the suffering, the grieving go away. Mm-hmm. And then, if I get rid of it, then that will be what hope is. And actually, the absence of pain isn't hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, the Bible lays out it actually emphasizes an idea that actually it's by putting both hands on your pain in lament that you're able to, that's how you grasp hope Yeah. by, by God doing that with God. So, I mean, which kind of comes back to like you were saying at the start, Shelby about, um, you know, like, uh, not denying or getting Mm -hmm. rid of the processing our way through. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lego time's gone on. (laughs) So, we we all get a minute to give our final advice as people are thinking about fear. Mm-hmm. So what's what's your haven't spoken it yet gem? Parting thoughts. Uh, my parting thought would be, you know, in those moments of fear, 
You know, you'd you'd trade that in the moment. The diagnosis you got, Shelby, you would you would trade that in the moment and stuff. Mm-hmm. The diagnoses that I've had with Rachel, I've trade those in the moment. But yeah. I also am reminded of how uh, I've grown in those things, you know, and that would I trade it? I don't know that I would have traded it in the moment, but now I wouldn't trade it, you know. And it's a weird thing to say uh, because it's just been so valuable to our whole family's life, you know, and in, in what it's done for our family uh, together, you know. Uh, we've just grown in our faith, and and that's what life's about. You want to grow in your faith with God. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What about you, Shelby? Mm, my parting thought, I think, is, I'm, I don't know. I'm just thinking about the person who might be listening to this in COVID has brought about so much change and transition um, and fear might be showing up in like, well, who am I now? Mm-hmm. Like maybe the job's been lost, the relationship broke down, the loneliness has set in and fear looks like a direct attack on your identity. And I think... Yeah, my word of encouragement, um, not in like a simplistic, like just give it all to God and you'll be good kind of a way, but in a genuine, like, I just believe that, that God is powerful to heal and that he is love and just standing on the truth of, of that promise that perfect love casts out fear. Like that is who he is and he alone can do the work as we continue to bring our fear to him, to transform it into a faith that, um, maybe we didn't even knew that we would be able to step into. I just believe that so much about who God is. And it, especially like, I think testifying, um, from a place of like personal experience of being in a space where the, the fear was telling me that this was how it's always going to be. Mm. And there was not an end to it. And so if that's where you are, just, we see you, we love you and, um, yeah, bring it to him. Yeah. 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 And that of course, partly is why it's huge that Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples mm. if you love one another. Yeah. Like we're supposed to be part of that together yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. I've got one thought stuck in my head from, from when you were talking a little bit about like wilderness, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, just thinking how so often I think, I don't know if it's like a human thing or a Satan thing or just a culture thing, but so many of our fears that are hard for us to deal with well are the unknowns, hmm. the fears of the unknown. Yeah. And I was thinking how we often think that the way we will, I don't know, get the stuff in us we need to confront those is by experiencing victories. But actually, wilderness, like sitting in questions, sitting in patience, sitting in unknowns with God, um, like that's the training ground then that might be the really potent force to equip us to not have like unhealthy fears of the unknown, which, I mean, it makes sense. Like Paul and Peter both talked about suffering, creating the, the kind of character. Mm. And and that character has lots of virtue words attached to it, but it all comes out of like knowing who you are in Christ yeah. and being secure in yes. who you are in Christ mm-hmm. and things. So, yeah good so there you go lots of thoughts <laughs> there you and go yeah we'll have we'll so we'll have a part two to this and it'll be um yeah a different twist on it when yeah. heather joins us and so we look forward to that and stay safe guys thanks for listening thanks for listening to this episode of the house of learning podcast 
This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.